morning. All right, Ephesians 6, 10 to 20. This is the famous passage about spiritual battle. Uh, I just thought about the question, what exactly are we up against in the spiritual battle? You know, mm-hmm. if you're a general or you're an army, like that's vital intelligence. You need to know what you're up against. So uh, let's look at what this passage says about that. It says first, we're up against the schemes of the devil, verse 11. And so the devil is described as one who schemes. What does he scheme? He schemes nothing less than our downfall. He schemes our destruction. And I was really struck by the fact that the devil is actually really, really good at this. Mm. He's good at scheming our downfall. He's done it for thousands of years now. And I think people in the kingdom of God, many godly men and women, like there have been many casualties, you know, people who have fallen and left their families and their ministries in ruins. And I think most recently, it's been very devastating to hear about Ravi Zacharias, all the news about just his sex scandals. Mm. And I think that should really sober us up. Like Satan is not planning, he's not playing around. And then we're also up against uh, rulers and authorities, cosmic powers of this present darkness, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, verse 12. Uh, 1 John 5, 19 helps us understand this verse. It says that we, we know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Right, so the whole world lies in the power of the evil one of Satan. So when man sinned, when we fell and rebelled, the dominion that was originally given to us by God, the dominion over this earth, went over to Satan. So the world is under Satan's dominion. And so the rulers and authorities in this world, these can be seen as powers, you know, public and private and cultural, professional, academic institutions, even governments that are under the dominion of Satan by default. They're they're set up against God. Not that these people are Satan worshipers, but without even knowing it, Satan is pulling the strings you know, in these systems and authorities so that they do his will. Behind these earthly powers and authorities are cosmic powers, spiritual forces of evil in the spiritual realm pulling the strings. Most recently, I was reminded of this, um, just talking to Emmett about how his course 101 is going. He's got this friend who's been going to read college, a very, very, very liberal college. And just the way he engages with the course one material you can tell that that's kind of the, the intellectual tools that his college has taught him. And um, it's 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 kind of postmodern uh, rhetorical uh, methods of engaging with like material that really is not about truth. It's just about questioning everything and drives you towards more skepticism and nihilism. And um, man, I was just like struck like, wow, this guy is totally bought like hook, line, and sinker, what his college has taught him. And he can't, like, it seems to really be blocking his engagement with Course 101. And I was just struck, like, wow, how am I, how, how, how is this little Course 101 supposed to stand up against that, that college with all of its professors and everything? And it's not like those people are Satan worshipers, but I just got the sense, like, behind that, Satan really is pulling the strings. Prevent uh, Emmett's friend from coming to know Jesus. Finally, we're up against flaming darts, verse 16. And I think we can interpret this as just personal attacks, accusations that Satan hurls at us. If we step back and we look at all those things, it's like, wow, we're up against a lot. It's really serious. It's like Hydra, you know, Sauron and the armies of mortar, Spectre, like every evil society combined. It's pretty scary actually Mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty alarming and yet at the same time it can almost seem kind of extreme Mm -hmm. to be categorizing like our christian warfare in this way and and, yeah to even it might even sound unchristian to call something satanic Mm -hmm. right and i think yeah Stephen had to kind of make the distinction like okay we're not calling these people satan worshipers or anything we're just seeing it's being controlled by Mm -hmm. satan so yeah it makes you even think of those christians who seem really unloving to na- to their neighbors yeah like, sort of like fundamentalist people you know the people who kind of pick it and they have signs that say god hates fags and stuff like that right so all of that is kind of like that's kind of where that stuff is coming yeah. from right but if we just step back 
Like, is it true that these things can be called satanic? Like, if someone goes to a college and the whole philosophical position of that college, their whole educational philosophy ends up setting someone up against the knowledge of God, against the truth, the gospel, and being saved. Like, isn't that satanic? I, th I think it is. You know, in John 8, Jesus calls Satan the father of lies. But the context of that dialogue is Jesus' conversation with the Pharisees. And um, they're resisting Jesus' teaching out of their spiritual pride. A spiritual pride that stems from their incorrect biblical theology. And Jesus says, you are of your father, the devil. Like, wow, that is not, that is not comfortable, right? But Jesus is trying to bring them to a point of repentance where they can acknowledge that truth. And a lot of times that path to repentance is really uncomfortable. And, and man, he even says, like, you are of your father, the devil. Yes. Think about this discomfort that I sense, even my own heart, you know, of calling anything satanic. I think, yeah, I think there's a number of things that can contribute to that discomfort. I think there's a culture of needing to be politically mm -hmm. correct and tolerant of everyone, um, making sure not to insult anyone. There's also the naturalistic culture that just denounces anything that's remotely spiritual. Mm -hmm. There's also the comfortable consumerist Christianity that's just all about comfort and peace, right? And so I think from this, we can see there's a number of reasons why we can feel uncomfortable, even just recognizing and acknowledging um, that, yeah, there is a spiritual realm of cosmic powers and darts, flaming darts going on. But maybe just taking a step back at this whole thing, could this kind of discomfort against the reality of Satan itself even perhaps be a ploy of Satan? Yeah. I think it's it makes me think of that story like you know someone feeling uncomfortable reading the book Satan and His Kingdom on the Bart, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Do you think how that slight discomfort with this reality can subtly make us feel like we're too much, and the result want to disengage and make sure that we're not even associated with talk like this? But yeah, but the reality is that it is in the Bible. Spiritual like, battle. Spiritual battle mm -hmm. is real. Jesus said it himself. And so how should we respond? Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe when we think about spiritual battle and calling something satanic, we think the only response is to be like those fundamentalist Christians and condemn them, you know, and, and say stuff like God hates fags and things like that, you know, believe you're going to hell. But I think when I say that something is satanic or when I look at that student... I move to compassion. Mm. You know, I want this guy to be free. I want to. I want the church to be the kind of institution that, that can tear people from the gates of hell. But the sad reality is that a lot of Christians are totally unaware of the spiritual mm -hmm. battle. They're living for comfort. They're living like it's peacetime. They're disengaged. Maybe they have a naive, rosy view of Christian life that is just about sort of enjoying the world, improving ourselves, improving humanity, helping people. And so kind of the picture is like, you're just going to waltz into, mm. Christ, into <laughs> heaven life, you know, in, into heaven, right? There's no battle raging. You just dance, right? Or, they, or a lot of Christians um, see themselves as spectators. And it reminds me of the American Civil War where in the first battle, like people came out in their Sunday best. Mm. They lined up as if they were watching a parade. And it was just like after the first battle, like that didn't happen. Mm. And, you know, the Amer Americans were just that sheltered from the mm. horrors of war. So I think we're all susceptible to this kind of cluelessness about the spiritual battle, um, especially during COVID, right? Like COVID has sort of made us just feel really blah. There's a wet blanket on everything. We're really like insular and siloed as a result of sheltering in place. Without even knowing it, we can become more and more clueless to spiritual reality. Mm. We can be settling into habits that are very detrimental to our spiritual health. Mm -hmm. You know, we can like lose our physical discipline, not wake up. We can start relaxing, you know, our, our guardrails, taking a ton of media, mm -hmm. you know, because we're on our computers all the time. And, you know, we don't have a lot of ministry to engage in, which was one of the biggest ways we'd be aware of the spiritual battle, right? Um, or if you have ministry, it, it does feel kind of siloed. It's mm -hmm. like online. It's in this virtual world. It doesn't feel real. So how can we like help ourselves sort of like out of this spiritual cluelessness? I think um, one thing is, is to help one another. Mm -hmm. You know, in, into and there's a question that I remember reading um, from an article on this topic where the guy said, hey, you should ask your friend, ask your friend, hey, if you were Satan, how would you take me down? Like, what would be your strategy to erode my faith, my grip on the truth, 
my rootedness in the gospel and cause my downfall? And this was a pastor, like this was a, uh, uh, and this was a question that pastors would ask each other, you know, mm. how would you cause me to fall? Right. And it's a good question. I think that's a really good exercise. And maybe you need to answer that question today, you know, either for yourself or ask mm-hmm. a friend to answer their question. And maybe you'll find like, oh, I'm, I'm in the Are midst the things, of this. Yeah, I'm in the throes of I'm Satan's schemes. In, yeah. Right. And you need to like, man, you got to get out of that. You know, you got to get out of that right away. Yeah. So I think that's also why we have the armor of God, right? And what's it supposed to help us do? Verse 11 says it's supposed to help us to stand against the schemes of the devil. It's verse 13 to help us withstand in the evil day and to mm-hmm. stand firm. So yeah. just want to note that the word stand is repeated four times in this passage. Yep. It's almost like Apostle Paul is being adamant and clear to Ephesians that they're going to get pushed over and knocked down by these forces mm-hmm. that they're fighting against. And he's telling them what's real and really warning them about this reality, whether or not they're aware of it. And in contrast to standing, verse 12, says that we're wrestling right it's a brawl the reality is that we're going to get bulldozed if we refuse to wrestle and so like not wrestling is not an option so just imagine someone being in the boxing ring like refusing to wrestle raising up their hands and trying to evade all the punches hoping to not get mauled over and that's just not going to work so yeah we got to wrestle and actively do some judo moves you need to reset and get ready for another round i know like these analogies are all over the place (laughs) regarding martial arts Mm -hmm. but I think that's just a posture that Apostle Paul is encouraging us to have, to be aware of Satan's tactics, but also to be prepared to wrestle back and to be able to withstand these assaults. Right. And so what do we need to be able to stand and wrestle? What's like the proper equipment for that kind of posture, the engagement? It's going to enable you. It's the armor of God. And um, three of the things mentioned in the armor of God stood out to me today. One is the belt of truth. Now, the belt is the thing that holds the armor together tight. And actually, mm. instead of making the armor dead weight, becomes something that actually strengthens you for that, right? And I think truth, like belt of truth, that's so fitting because truth does the same thing for us too. Um, in Jeff's message, he talked about how like we're not supposed to live according to our feelings, but live according to the truth, truth right? And as we do that, as we live according to the truth, there is a strength that, that gets built into our character where we can stand, where we can, we're not tossed to and fro by the waves, but we're rooted and like truth is that first thing that enables you to stand and to wrestle against the the bulwark of of evil forces that are coming against you right so how are you rooted in the truth are you living according to the truth um or are you living according to feelings and and desires and appetites right and then word of god and prayer like these are the only offensive offensive weapons listed in this list they're the only tools to engage in spiritual battle i just want to ask how sharp is that for you right the word of god is called the sword of the spirit how sharp is it for you has it become dull you know have prayer times become dull you know is it time for you to sharpen these things to press in a little more intensely with them you know maybe you need to like stand up as you do dt maybe you you need to grab a study bible and and just try to sharpen some of those thoughts maybe you need to get a a book as a prayer guide you know 31 days of prayer 31 days of power these these easy tools or maybe you just need to pray with a friend and and force yourself to articulate your prayers to just sharpen these things i think these things are constantly getting dull these spiritual disciplines these practices and we need to be aware of that and constantly try to sharpen uh, those things so we're getting more out of them and engaging in the spiritual battle more intensely with them. So we hope you found that helpful. Um, we had a lot to say today, but um, I think all of it was really important because, yeah, we are really in battle these days, you know, and I think this was a really timely passage for us. <laughs>